listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. <laughs> you can sue me for tens of dollars <laughs> you you think i logged on to a podcast recording to be recorded come on <laughs> all right it should you should be able to find the link in the youtube but i'll put it put it in the chat uh, all right there's a link to the youtube all right Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Hold on. What episode are we on? Who knows? 141. Nope. Was that a guess? Yeah, that was a guess. <laughs> one thirty. You were close. Pretty good over under. All right. Three, two, one. Welcome to the One Take Podcast, episode 137. Uh, Marvel Hours are back. Big Marvel boys on the podcast. Here to pay tribute to our Marvel overlords. Let's go. You know, our bi our biannual, no, sometimes triannual. Sometimes uh, try. Tribute. Yeah. Tri sometimes tribute. weekly. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes but weekly, bi-weekly. Who who's to say however many projects that the 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 Lord and Savior Kevin Feige has rolling out, which may be less and less actually now that Bob Iger to we can talk about it. Um this week we were reviewing the largest movie on the planet, Ant Man and the Wasp quantum mania uh or ant-man 3 whichever one you want to call it because i do do we care about the wasp the no. 31st marvel movie by the way and i got a lot of bars to get off about the wasp because her name is in the title so you would imagine that she has a plays a part in the movie right you would imagine <laughs> she has an independent storyline and you know all that good stuff they were like you know what she probably got the cooties we can't have her doing too much <laughs> <laughs> he on that shit. This movie was 30 minutes longer before her comments. <laughs> this movie's only two hours long, you know. This like what were her comments again? I forgot about them. It was it was vaccine related. We don't have to get into it. And I don't, also don't want to like I should have fucking known that the wasp was an anti-vaxxer. I should have yeah. known. That haircut tells you all you need to know. She got the uh, haircut, definitely the anti-vax haircut. I don't want to misspeak on Evangeline Lilly, but she, you know, had some comments that got her in hot water with the with the higher ups, I believe, at at, at Disney. Um, the PR machine went into over, you know, overdrive as they have done a couple of times now. With yeah, they're Marvel like, stars. if if these movies are going to fail, it's going to be because of the movie being bad. It's not going to be because of some shit you said. We are so they let they let one anti. They let one anti-vaxxer get the mantle of Black Panther and the other one they gave four lines to in the Ant-Man <laughs> movie. 
Damn, uh, her agent got to be trash. Reverse <laughs> racism, baby. We back. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Quantum mania. Uh, getting reviewed badly. Uh, six point six even on IMDb, which we know is historically um, useless, false, <laughs> and pumps up pumps up projects. But six point six on IMDb. Uh, 48 Metascore, the number 14 overall popularity movie right now, which is that's super low. Weird. Um, Scott Lang and Hope Van Dyne, Dyne, along with Hank Pym and Je- uh, Janet Van Dyne, explore the con- quantum realm where they interact with strange creatures and embark on an adventure that goes beyond the limits of what they thought was possible. That is way too long. The synopsis directed by Peyton Reed. This is his third Ant-Man uh, movie written by Jeff Loveless, his first feature film that he has written. He was a staff writer on Rick and Morty, among other shows. And you can tell. It's um, in there. Yeah, he was also on a show that I think a lot of people like called Miracle Workers, which is a Daniel Radcliffe show, uh, com- a broad comedy on TBS. But yes. Daniel Radcliffe is in the most random shit now. <laughs> he got fuck you money. He didn't care. He's in like the Weird Al uh, movie that you have to have the most obscure streaming service ever to watch. He's on a TBS show. And is the Weird like, Al movie good? I haven't heard. It was apparently good. I, yeah. <laughs> I want to see it if it's good. It was like a parody, I think, which makes a lot of sense. Um, so anyway. Uh, Peyton Reed's third Ant-Man movie, uh, Paul Rudd's third Ant-Man movie, Evangeline Lilly, Michael Douglas, Michelle Pfeiffer making her like third appearance in the MCU. Catherine Newton, who was just a complete like character swap. They just like, they, they just, just swapped kicked, out that other ca- kick, uh, kicked that other actress to the curb from, uh, what was that? From uh, Endgame. Completely swapped her out. That stinks. <laughs> she put out a statement she was like yeah i hope this doesn't mean my time in the mcu is over and if i could ever help the mcu and i was like damn they just swapped you out crazy like she didn't said even you turned sense. you turned 30 you are no longer of use to us tough look kid i don't know <laughs> wait she's 30 cold world out older. there she was older when um she was in her you know 20 year olds play teenagers and stuff whenever that came out but i think she's you know i think she's our age i think she's probably like 28 or something like that i don't she she hadn't been in a lot of other things other than the uh in in game and the big the big reveal which we all knew if you watched loki which i think a lot of people did and you know well you know some people didn't so if you didn't you were probably thoroughly confused by who this was jonathan majors as kang the conqueror um also william jackson harper makes an appearance my boy chidi chidi showed up mcu canon he's in there (laughs) bill murray makes an appearance this is the top movie overall, as you would have guessed, um, on the box office. $104 million worldwide, or no, uh, U.S. opening weekend. It's made 118 in the U.S. Worldwide gross. The Marvel machine keeps on turning, folks. Uh, don't care what you think about this movie. $357 million uh, yep. worldwide. So, keep they these movies do gangbusters in china and such when they when they release them over there actually um this is essentially what i've heard is essentially like marvel is their star wars because they didn't get star wars right away so it's funny because when you go watch a star wars movie 
or see a Star Wars movie and it breaks all those records. It's doing most of that in North America, yeah. actually. But these continue to pump, just printing money over there at the Disney Corporation. Good. Anyway, now we get into the contentious part. I know there's a long intro, but 47% on Rotten Tomatoes, which makes it tied for the lowest reviewed Marvel movie of all time. Which What's it tied insane. with? It's it tied with The Eternals. Come on, uh, that's also, ridiculous. Also, I think uh, Thor The Dark World. Um, that's ridiculous. This is not Eternals level. What are we doing, guys? I yeah, That's insane. Doesn't Rotten Tomatoes have Ant-Man 1 ranked uh, higher than Infinity War? That, that's like a thing. Something like, nah, they, they were in the, they were constantly in the 70s, I believe, <laughs> but I can find out. But it has an 84% uh, audience score. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania also lacks the spark of fun that elevated earlier uh, adventures. But Jonathan Majors' Kang is a thrilling villain poised to alter the course of the MCU. Teej disagrees. I, th- I agree with some of that. I agree that Jonathan Majors was phenomenal. I think that it's clear that his portrayal of the character is going to be a lot of fun. Um, I think he did what he was supposed to do on the movie set. And he's a movie star. And you this movie's going to do numbers, partially because Paul Rudd, but this is going to do numbers bigger than the other Ant-Man movies because this movie was billed as the big one. This is not a small stakes ant-man movie where the first you know the big bad fight happens on the like on a childhood train and in a briefcase (laughs) like our stakes are much bigger now but this is an ant-man movie and it's not as quirky or as zany as those very small time movies this is supposed to be the big one so you know going into the movie theater you think i my thought process going into the movie theater was they have one job with this film only one it is to make me walk out of the movie theater and think Holy shit, Kang is here. All my favorite superheroes are fucked. This guy is about to put up numbers on all my favorite superheroes. And that's what I wanted to see in the movie. And I also like the Ant-Man movies. They're they're zany. They're fun. Paul Rudd's always fun to be around. So, you know, I feel like this is like a mixture of two things. You got to make another zany Ant-Man movie, but you also have to basically lay out a fast break for Kang so that he can hit the ground running in the MCU. I think that they failed in those regards. I think that they failed to set up Kang in the way that they should have just because if this is Kang one, it failed, but it also fails as Ant-Man three because being in the quantum realm while zany and fun. And I love Rick and Morty, just like the next people. And I like star Wars, just like everybody else. So throwing them in the world of Rick and Morty does star Wars does have its moments of good, of good stuff. There's some good stuff in here. Sometimes it's funny, Sometimes there's cute and quirky characters. Uh, uh, Modoc was incredible. I laughed the entire time every time they showed him on screen. I absolutely <laughs> loved it. Man, it just worked Whoa. every time for me. The, he looking at his face was just so ridiculous. I could not stop laughing every time. He thinks he died in Avenger. That's just uh, that's just objectively hilarious. funny. That's just hilarious. So like there are moments in the movie that it feels like a fun Ant Man movie. The little squiggly character that you can tell the Rick and Morty guy wrote with the. Uh, you drink him and you can hear the languages and he just wants I holes. Have holes great character very funny literally feels like it was pulled out of a page of a rick and morty sketch that did not make it into the main show and put into this movie but it works uh but i just feel like my biggest gripe with the movie is that jonathan majors does an incredible job and then we're gonna have to spoil this movie up front unfortunately so yeah spoiler alert, spoilers 
dropping yeah, it down there are big spoilers haven't seen the movie you're big fault. spoilers That's your yeah. fault. Dumb if you're listening to the pod if you haven't seen the movie yet and you don't want to spoil stop right here okay so obviously ant-man and two octogenarians octogenarians and a whole bunch of ants beat kang now that's fine. They're they're allowed to write the good guys winning. I just think it was not a courageous choice. I think it was a cowardice choice, and I think that the whole the whole story, whatever story you're setting up, is set up better if this Kang wipes the floor with a no disrespect to Ant Man, a D level Avenger. Like I like Ant Man, like everybody else. He's quirky. He's cool. He's get some one liners off. But if you're telling me that this is the new big bad, this is the guy that's going to have the Avengers the X-Men, and the Fantastic Four in absolute hell and make me think, holy shit, this guy's going to win. If you are going to present this guy as that, he cannot lose a one-on-one fade to Michael Douglas, who's like 84 years old, to Janet Van Dyne and Michelle Pfeiffer, who's not a young woman, and they don't even have to get their heart rates above 85 BPM to be Kang. (laughs) Like, Michael Douglas didn't get a scratch on him. Cassie got hung up one time, no scratches on Cassie. She's good. Right now, the Lang family is sitting at Maggiano's, casually having Sunday night <laughs> dinner, and everybody's living their best life. But they were in the quantum world, and they went head up with Kang, and they won. Now, obviously, the post credit scene, because because people have said, this movie has done its job. It's setting up Kang. I would very much disagree with that, because, one, a lot of the quote-unquote setup of the movie is just a rehash of the stuff that we learned in Loki. And this is this is the part we hit on, as Royden said at the beginning, a lot of people watch Loki, but not this many people watch Loki. Obviously, people watch the movies more than they watch the TV shows. So what I feel like this film was, if you remove all the gloss, is a way to bring Kang into the MCU, but with the caveat that we're bringing him into the MCU basically to introduce him to the people who did not see him in Loki. And that pull, push and pull of the disjunction of some of the storylines happening below the surface, some of the storylines happening above the surface where everybody's watching the movies, it, it it messed up the movie for me because I either want a quirky, fun Ant-Man movie or I want a real Kang one movie that is not, the setup stuff isn't just a low-key rehash about what the rules of this is before we go forward. And I feel like you didn't get either one of them right. When I left the theater, I thought it was a B. I ended up at a C plus. I'm going to give Ant-Man Quantumania C plus and... There are a lot of movies in phase four that y'all shitted on that I told y'all was good. And they're not as this movie falls below those films. I'm sorry, except for Eternals, which is obviously the most dog shit movie of all time. I'm not <laughs> putting it on that level. I'm not. I'm not. But yeah, having this uh, the same Rotten Tomato score as Eternals. I, is I would never disrespect it in that way because I had zero fun in Eternals. No fun at all. No laughs. Chloe Zhao is boring. It's just the worst. It's the it's awful. But this movie, there's fun moments. There are times where you feel like you can lean into the ant manness of it, and you do get fun moments. It's always nice to see, uh, not Michael Shannon. Sorry, Michael Douglas. It's always fun to see him and Michelle Pfeiffer. And I like the Ant Man movie, so there are moments of fun. I would give it a C plus. Um, by the way, you were correct. Ant Man and the Wasp has a higher Rotten Tomatoes score than Infinity War. That's disgusting. And I like Ant Man and the Wasp. Infinity War might be the best Marvel movie they've made. That shit is peak cinema. That's disgusting. Rotten Tomatoes has never beaten the allegations, bro. That shit is crazy. (laughs) Holy fuck. Um, I I love Rotten Tomatoes and I I use it every day, but holy fuck, dude, that's awful. 
there's just no way to add to like properly i guess like metacritic maybe but even then it's like that's even an aggregate as well too i have no idea how you actually you know what listen to us listen to our takes exactly <laughs> that's how you rate movies that's how you should look at our movies. look at our letterbox listen to our podcast and that's that's where you can get the info you need dex you like this movie significantly more yeah, I mean, I'm only a letter grade higher. Uh, to be fair, I'm I'm at a B plus for this movie. I liked it, didn't love it, um, but yeah, I I strongly disagree with what T is saying about Kang. I feel like they set him up great. He looks incredible because like all these superheroes and basically their little like Star Wars rebellion that they had outside had to get a, catch a lucky break to beat this man. One of him. And now all every Kang in the multiverse, literally all of them are coming to fight the Avengers. Like these niggas in trouble. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> if it took all of that, it took the fucking quantum realm ants living thousands of years in a single day to advance technology to that point or whatever in the quantum realm. So like lock kang up for five seconds and then he popped back out and was whooping their ass again literally giving scott lang the hands <laughs> in hell and then he died on like this lucky break when evangeline lily shows up and blast uh covid at him and then he, oh, God. <laughs> he lands in, <laughs> he lands into like a fucking multiversal portal glitch or something and dies if that's what y'all got to do to be one of them, how are you going to beat every single one of them from every like timeline in the multiverse? Like they, these motherfuckers are in trouble. And also Jonathan Majors is just dope as hell. His character is super dope. I love how they set him up and had him like before you even met him as Kang, all the characters were just like, oh, you're going to bring him here. Or like he's like looking at us. He's coming. Like they didn't. They didn't say his name. He's like fucking Mufasa or some shit. Like, <laughs> they were afraid to say Kang. I I thought that was so dope. And then he shows up and he's giving everybody bars. <laughs> like Michelle Pfeiffer is like begging him not to kill trillions of people. And he's like, I wish that mattered. <laughs> I'm like, this is so fucking dope. Jonathan Majors is that fucking guy. I'm excited to see whatever it is they end up doing with them. I don't know the comic books. I don't know where the shit is going. I don't know what that's going to look like, but whatever it looks like, I'm glad John DeMajor is doing it and I'm on board. Uh, but the rest of the movie, I don't really, really remember all that much about the other Ant-Man movies. I saw them both the one time in the theater and then never really thought about them again after that. Mega self-contained. Yeah. So like, I don't, like, I remember T.I. is in, one or both of them for some reason like cracking jokes and shit and like they're doing like stealing stuff but you know i'm like not super attached to the ant-man vibe of movie so you know for this one i was like you know just do your thing do whatever and they did like fucking star wars and lord of the rings and everything everywhere all at once and you know just mcu take on a bunch of other movies and shit and like i thought some of it was really cool. The Star Wars stuff they did was dope. Like having them lead this rebellion or whatever uh, and like go on like these alien adventures and shit leading a rebellion against this evil emperor. That was cool. Uh, the Lord of the Rings stuff where like in fucking Return of the King, like the out, like 
Gandalf shows up with all the animals or whatever. Like, but they do that with ants. Wasn't feeling that. But uh, the rest of it, I thought was like, it was good, not great. So yeah, I gave it a B plus. I enjoyed it. Um, I've seen it twice now. I'm probably not gonna watch it a third time anytime soon. But I thought it was cool. I enjoyed it. Uh, if you don't hear Teach talking, he's trying not to die in a fire, apparently. So, oh Lord Jesus, it's a fire! It's a fire, and instead of uh, instead of like heeding a warning, he's just ignoring it. <laughs> um, so, all right, super smart. Let's keep going. Uh, I don't. It hasn't been this way for me the entire time with phase four of the mcu but in this one it is me big time movie enjoyer <laughs> i just went in there and enjoyed a movie like i don't i i know that we're supposed to analyze these to a t and everything is under a microscope with marvel because it is the biggest franchise of all time it has now spanned most of our lives it is like teach that on 31 movies now, which is oh, brother. That's insane. Um, and people have been going into these later ones, including me and just not having as good of a time as we did. And I just came into this one and I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to take away what we've been ascribing to these movies the 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 lack of stakes or the the messy stories and i just kind of enjoyed it for what it was now i do understand that a lot of people wanted uh, thanos and this is this is the next thanos and oh man we dispatched with thanos in one movie how you know there was a soccer stadium full of, of Thanos's like, <laughs> like there was a world cup stadium full of Thanos's than if you will. And, uh, no. And I just, it didn't bother me. I don't know what it was. <laughs> it just did not bother me whatsoever. Now, did they do a Rick and Morty? Did they go get $5? Here's go see it. Go, go watch a star war. They, yeah. they they did go watch a Star War with this movie. And that's fine because the last like the last Star Wars movie stunk. So Restore I, the yeah, feeling. I was actually kind of I was actually kind of fine with it. It took takes a lot of tropes. I I don't think like I like him as Ant-Man. Paul Rudd having to act against Jonathan Majors, who's like a Yale trained actor. Yeah, Paul Rudd is, is a tough is, uh, look. Out of his league. It's a tough look. Paul um, Rudd can like match him on like charisma, but like dramatic acting, it ain't there, buddy. Sorry. No. And I, I don't necessarily think he was like him having to like be mad and be like, where's my daughter? Is like, oh no, no. Yeah, no, some no, of the no. script in this movie, by the way, is not good. I'm I'm willing to acknowledge that. Like that's one of the things that keeps it from being like an A like a tier movie like like it's, it's never too late to stop being a dick like okay like, come on <laughs> yeah um i I'm, I'm not 
you know, it, she's a young actress and she'll have time to grow into this role. And that's why they gave it to her. But I'm not quite convinced that Catherine Newton knew what she was acting against in like the green screen volume stuff. It just, it, it wasn't, it wasn't great. It, who am I to criticize? But it also just some, it just wasn't good. And she had to do the, you know, the exposition, like not the exposition dumps, but the furthering the story dumps where it's like, why wouldn't we help these people, dad? And you're just like, oh God, all right. Just because it's not happening to you doesn't mean it's not happening. All right, okay. Let's keep it moving. Can we keep it moving and get back to the big bad, please? There were some tonal issues, I will say, yeah, because, yeah, it's like it, you go into it and they're making like a broad comedy, like a family, broad family comedy and like uh, with the backdrop of the multiverse, which actually I could tell they were getting some green screen and volume sometimes. But this is the best like a Marvel movie has looked actually in a little while. Is it is, to me? It is. <laughs> I had it. I mean, low bar to be fair, but all, like, like Thor: Love and Thunder kind of looked bad, and I, yeah, but like this didn't look better to me. I feel like, you know, but you know, that's neither here nor there. It wasn't like distract. I don't think it was distractingly bad looking or anything like that. But I wasn't like, yeah. I mean, we all, not all of us. Me and Royden saw uh, Avatar two a couple months ago, so it's like you know some. Like some of the like alien like CGI shit, like Michael Douglas was like holding little like jellyfish like balls or whatever, and like they're floating around and shit. I'm like, hmm, not great. <laughs> like seen better. Oh yeah, this isn't gonna be Avatar because James <laughs> Cameron didn't get 20 years to work on one movie. But uh no, I just it, it, totally it was a little it was a little weird, like which movie are we actually doing here? Um but I just came out of it having had a decent time at the movies and that is what I'm looking for now kind of with these movies my I to call it what you will my expectations have kind of been lowered over the past few films um not again not everything like we said is going to be it just physically can't is it not going to be in game or it's not going to be uh infinity war it's not everything yeah you need some years to build up there like <laughs> Yeah, and that was my problem too. And Teej, you argued with this, but it was like it, it was more than just you. As as people were saying, "Oh well, where are we going? What are we doing? What what's the what's the stakes here? What are the what are where are we going with this story?" And then they told you where we were going with the story in this one and what was happening, and people were like, "No, wait, not like that." <laughs> and I'm just kind of like, we we either have to be patient or we're not going to be patient. You know what I mean? Like let's decide as a, as a unit, let's decide which one we're going to do. Yeah, and for me, like people asking for this, like, again, like Tia, you did say this, but like, I'm not talking specifically about you, but like people who were talking about like, you know, I don't know what this is supposed to be like as a standalone movie. It's not supposed to be anything. No one cares about Ant-Man. That's why they used his movie for this. Like, We don't care about his standalone stories. Like literally none of us have talked about Ant-Man and the Watch since it came out. Like we don't give a no. fuck. It doesn't matter. Like so, they use his movie as like the chess piece movie. You know, back in the day, like 
if you go back and watch it now, Age of Ultron was the chess piece movie where they were like, okay, we've got like a bunch of setup that we can do for like the next like step in the Marvel universe now. But they started to do that with these like solo films. Like they did it with Multiverse of Madness. They did it with this one. Uh, I guess we'll see what comes next from here. But yeah, I like that they're doing that now. They're like, okay, nobody really cares about Doctor Strange. Here's, we're going to explain the multiverse here. No one really cares about Ant-Man. We're going to explain the quantum realm here. And here's Kang. Let's go. Like, Yeah, because we got to give start giving these characters that are now, and I and I said this, and Teed said, well, there's D-li- they're D-list uh, Avengers. I'm like, All we have left are D-list, D-list Avengers. We have Spider-Man. We have Spider-Man and then a bunch of dudes and hopefully some new people who are cool, but we'll see how that goes. Yeah, so I mean, it's like we got to start giving these characters their fair shake, you know what I mean? And giving them opportunities, I think, to be no pun intended for him, like larger. And <laughs> there's room to grow. There's room to grow. Now, I will yeah. say, yeah, some of this, some of the script is whatever. Would I have liked to see, you know, Tease does have a point. Could we have seen Michael Douglas get? get got probably we could have definitely seen that like why not um is this a better movie if ant man dies probably but like i didn't expect that to happen <laughs> oh no i went into a mar- i went into a superhero movie and the superhero won <laughs> you know like i i, I all just... right i'm gonna i'm gonna try to talk hopefully y'all can't hear the very loud in the background move to the other side of my house but no, stupid alarm is going off any anyway uh okay a couple things one we did not have a stadium full of fans that's the problem we had a stadium full of a villain who all you need to beat him is a d-level avenger a couple octogenarians and ants like no disrespect to ants but you can't have your thanos would have never got packed up by ants i refuse to think that that would ever happen even if you played that a hundred times thanos is getting those ants the thanos fuck out of got here soloed by thor all we of said the, this in the group stuff. chat <laughs> thor is a god ant-man is ant-man like, bro. this is ridiculous we have captain america problem, has the most basic superpowers ever. captain america is john cena and he like <laughs> fucking was holding back punches from thanos <laughs> you know what i'm saying like like yo, like that also was dope as hell. Like, don't get me wrong, but also, like, there was some shit in there where it's like, oh, like you, you getting cooked a little bit. Like he was getting cooked by fucking when Wanda. Have you ever she seen Thanos cooked? Now, if if you if you can tell me you have footage where Thanos was getting cooked by Hawkeye, then I think the point <laughs> makes sense. But Hawkeye would never cook Thanos, and no matter how many rounds you gave them, and you don't have to have Ant Man die, but. Janet left him down there in the quantum world literally to die. He couldn't even get his get back on Janet. We could have killed Janet. Like, what? He can't even. How many bodies did, did, did Kang catch in this movie? If Kang is really him, as Dex has said, if Kang is really like, oh shit, everybody in trouble, how many people did Kang kill in this film, y'all? I can name one person. It was a robot. I don't even know the robot's name. We didn't get fuck about that robot. That's the only body he caught in the horrors of an army. Those stormtroopers went 0 for 95. They didn't touch anybody. They literally didn't touch anyone. I don't know why you give him a weak army. Obviously, is not great, but he's supposed to be funny, so at least he serves a purpose. But Kang don't got no army. Kang 
Kang got a horrible sidekick, and Kang didn't catch nobody. He didn't even kill one of the ants, bros. We, he couldn't blast a couple of the ants? No, no ants did. No animals were harmed in the filming of this film. <laughs> That's the problem. We need to harm some animals. The ants should have been harmed. If Kang was really him, those ants would have had no chance. So uh, while well, I appreciate the performance that Jonathan Majors gave us, and I hope that the power scaling issue is fixed in later movies, I had a big issue with that. And I grade this differently than I graded a lot of the Phase 4 movies because Thor Love and Thunder is just supposed to be a standalone Thor film. We could do a standalone Ant-Man film. I don't. That's fine. I enjoyed the last two standalone Ant-Man films. But when you make trying to make something different that's supposed to be a setup movie, unfortunately, I have to look towards the future and the way that you set it up. And now I can just give you facts. Kang is 0 for 2. We've seen Kang two times. Kang got two L's on his record. We've never seen Kang win a fight ever. We've never seen it, bros. All he didn't I'm even saying, fight that woman in Loki. At some point, if your UFC record is 0 and 7, you're not going to be able to convince me that you're going to be UFC champ one day. That's just one of them. You can't do it. You can't just go out there and get cooked on every basis. You got to show me early wins, bro. And I wanted to see Kane get a win. And Dex said nobody cares about Ant-Man. That's exactly why packing Ant-Man up would have been the perfect way to set up your new big bad because nobody actually cares about Ant-Man, not even Paul Rudd. And no disrespect to Ant-Man. I like Ant-Man. But he shouldn't have, he shouldn't have cooked this man. And I have issues with that. Unfortunately, I have to think about it for the future. I'm sorry. Page he didn't cook this man. I was, four, I, I was a phase four truther. I didn't expect to be this person. I have been a phase four truther this entire time. I am a shill, I'm a shill for the Disney Corporation. I respect my mouse overlords, but unfortunately this time I have to be the uh, the dude bro on the internet complaining about the Marvel movie. I'm sorry. I have to do it. I can't help it. Tej would have given up on Jordan after those early losses to the Celtics. <laughs> <laughs> Teased up right before saw Patrick Mahomes against the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl and was like, "This kid doesn't have it anymore. He's done. <laughs> He's washed. He's never winning again." There you go. <laughs> but hey, I mean, going zero for two can't win the Eastern <laughs> Conference. <laughs> but hey, man, look, I get, I get what you're saying. I do, but also like. There's like 8,000 Kangs in there, bro. Like, shit is on now. Like, one of them is going to catch a body. At least one. (laughs) At least one. A body is getting caught. Some of them Kangs was fucking scary. You know how how many ants there are in the universe, brother? There are a lot of ants in the universe, bro. Hey, bro, all the smart ones got left in the quantum realm. They ain't coming back. (laughs) They're done. But yeah, man, I... uh, I get what you're saying, and I get what a lot of other people are saying about why they don't like this movie. I just, I just liked it. You know, <laughs> like, it's hard to, it's hard like when you have decent points about like where that you know, the power scaling and all of that. I guess is you know is a decent point, but it's hard to be the guy that's just like I just enjoyed the movie, and people are like, ew. <laughs> you know yeah, what I, mean? I thought it was cool. Like I'm sorry. Like people are like, oh, oh my god, how to. How did they do this? And why did they do that? That's so stupid. Uh, Modoc. Uh, I'm like, I thought it was funny, dude. Like, I don't, so, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> so, like, Teach, would you have preferred, even though Modoc is a ridiculous character, and he's ridiculous in all forms of media, by the way. Like, no, they didn't like nerf Modoc or anything. He's he's really it was insane. Especially the introduction to him, like them pulling him naked out of that thing. That was crazy. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, so like, do we prefer that like okay they go down to the quantum realm and it's the villain is modok and then we just have 
like Thanos was for 15 films sitting on a chair in space somewhere. You know what I mean? <laughs> I I definitely, uh, first of all, my alarm stopped. Thank God. Okay. Go. Uh, I definitely prefer that. I thought about that as I left the movie. I was like, now, could could Modoc have carried the whole film on the villain side and had me take it seriously at all? No. All right. But uh, I don't care about the Ant-Man villains. If you just want to make an Ant-Man movie, uh, I'd rather just be in San Francisco being quirky and zany and with Ant-Man and having Modoc be the be the villain. But we're in the quantum world and they feel like because we changed the location, we got to amp up the stakes. But I this like. I think it's a better movie, but I don't think it makes it a good, uh, like a like a good movie. But I think it's better because I don't have to think about the Kangness. Kang is in the background, and you know Kang is still him, and so this L isn't on him. Like like you said, Thanos is in the background. Those villains who Thanos sent were taking L's, but they weren't directly attributed to Thanos because he was just sending somebody to do the dirty work. And if Kang was so beneath, if Kang thought Ant Man was so beneath him, which you would get from the bars he's giving him, he's telling him, Ant Man, you're out of your league. Have I killed you before? Like, he literally don't even... He, I don't even know which superhero you are. Are you the one with the axe? Whatever. It doesn't matter which one you actually are. Who cares? Like, I'm Kang, bro. I'm him. I've killed multiple Avengers before. He's talking his shit. If he's not there to talk that shit, and Modok is talking that shit on his behalf, first of all, do, do we even believe it because we don't take Modok seriously? But second of all, Modok's L ain't Kang's L. That being said, I did enjoy the Modok part of it, but I understand if someone didn't like it, but... They just made it look so ridiculous that I had to like it was it was it's a too ridiculous hilarious. character. It's a ridiculous yes, like it, character. They, they, they nailed the character. Like I, I just thought it was perfect. I liked the change of having Darren Cross be down there. He was already down in the quantum world anyway. So we can repurpose him and make him the villain. I, I like that. That that worked for me. Uh but I, I do think, and this isn't necessarily a critique of the movie itself. This is more about the post-credit scene. <sighs> I think that you have a stakes issue, and obviously that's what everybody says about comic book movies. But if we're in the multiverse and there are 9,000 Kangs, why are we supposed to care at all about one Kang? And we know there are 9,000 of everyone, but I think the problem you're going to come into is when you have 80 bajillion Kangs going crazy on everybody, we don't care about any particular Kang. That's because crazy. there are so many of them so do you have a stakes issue when even if you have a, the next movie that kang shows up in maybe they fight really hard and they kill one kang but it's like yeah who cares there's ninety thousand other kangs so like what does this film by itself mean and i feel I, like I, that's gonna be what loki season two is is making you care about hopefully the kangs or a kang or whatever it is that one kang that they pulled up on randomly like I don't know if that's like the OG Kang or whatever, but Nikola Tesla. That's Frederick Douglass Kang. <laughs> yeah. Frederick Douglass. <laughs> he looked just like Frederick Douglass. <laughs> they pull my man's fresh out of the prestige. Like <laughs> um, talking about time and space and shit. But yeah, so that's what Loki season be. two is gonna be. This, they get, have this got me hyped for Loki. I will yeah. say. Loki was a lead cinema. I was already hyped for Loki, so like I'm already excited for that, and I'm glad they're spacing out, like you alluded to at the beginning of the podcast. They're starting; they're going to space some stuff out because we got a lot of shows and a lot of content, and they we really got to space it we out. Kinda, and slow here it was down, the problem: bro. we got force-fed a lot of that stuff. Yes, now, we did. did. We eat it up like pigs. Yeah, I did. Going, give me the slop. Like I'm right there. You know, I, I even was, finished Moon Knight, and Moon Knight was huff from I, second actually, one. Actually, you know what? I, I didn't finish Moon Knight. Never. Moon did. Knight you was the only anything. thing that I like. Fucking hated from Phase Four. I was like, this is awful. Like this is <laughs> this is pushing 
my it's just pushing the limits of my mcu fandom well okay i know i know the limits of my mcu fandoms the, the limit is animation because i was like i got two episodes into what if and i was like nah i watched the ones that mattered before multiverse of madness and i was like you know what i'm out i watched the first two episodes of what if and i was like <laughs> animation no, was dex's limit dex was like you know what is, <laughs> animation is the limit moon you're not gonna watch the animated x-men show this there's gonna no. be an animated x-men show i am not watching that. i'm watching every second of that shit already kevin you know you have you know we you know who you want cast it give us give us, us the check brother for kevin we know that you already have it in the book just give it to us so we can cut the fucking checks, my guy. Speculating. That's what he's gonna do to get the bad press off of Ant Man. He's gonna he's drop just, the the casting for. Fantastic. That's the power. He's just gonna be like, oh look, it's getting out that I just here's the Fantastic Forecast. It just happened to leak right now when the headlines are bad, and we need to go shut up because we're gonna be like, oh shit, the Fantastic Forecast is out, and we're back up again. I do think, um, as far as like the projects go, so. If you haven't heard, Bob Iger, um, who was head of Disney for years and years and years, um, and basically helped, you know, facilitate Kevin Feige into this role of leading Marvel Studios and buying the Marvel properties and yada, yada, yada. Um, he was basically over the entirety of the the best run of these films. Um he uh he retired in 2019 bob chapek came in and took over for him as the head of the disney corporation well he was like we're going to launch disney plus so now you you kevin working your fingers to the bone i don't care yes we're paying you millions of dollars spread it we're pumping out these pump out the shows pump out the movies let's get them out get them out get them out uh, people hated working for bob chapek that that it seems obvious uh, he was let go by the by whatever the what the governing board of Disney. He was he was fired, and Bob Iger, who had kind of been like hanging around in the background, like I'll help out with COVID. You know, if you just if you want me, like I'll be down the down the road. Or they're like, okay, Bob. But Bob, they Bob Iger Brady, back. he's yeah, just sitting at home exactly. bored as hell. Like I want to get back into the game, bro. Yeah, it was basically like a Conan O'Brien situation with uh, the late night with the Tonight Show. If anybody remembers that from like the early 2000s, Jay Leno, uh, Conan O'Brien, look it up. Anyway, he he came back and immediately was like, hey, you know, those 18,000 projects that you were doing, Kevin. We're going to pause that. (laughs) And the hat man had to have been like, thank God, because I was not ready to pump out a. Echo show or whatever that is. Wasn't ready to do it. But so that being said, they're gonna start, I think, focusing on they see they already moved back the Marvels, right? Yeah, and that's coming out in November. So yeah, so they're gonna start that's a movie, right? Yeah, that is a movie. I'm worried for that one, guys. I'm just don't I'm just I'm a little worried for it, but I'll be there, but I'm a little worried for it. I am not worried in the slightest, I am hyped. It's gonna make a billion dollars. Just like it's gonna be nice to see Kamala Khan cook on the big screen. Though I'm not gonna lie, that's my girl right there. That's that's real. That's gonna be my real young satisfying. goat. I can't wait, bro. I love her. So they're really gonna start trying to focus, I think, more energy on these projects individually, and maybe decreasing the amount of films and stuff, and also not working their visual effects artists to the bone, which had led to some of the 
disdain for some of these movies for yep. by some people. Um, so yeah, we'll see how that works. Uh, I know we aren't, you know, CGI bad guys on here, but they they just they didn't look as good as the 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 movies and the shows in this did not look as good as like the Moon Knight CGI was actively horrendous. I mean, so so was some of the uh, what's the Miss Marvel one the the Ms. Kamala Marvel? Khan one. There Ms. were Marvel. parts of there were there were parts of Miss Marvel that were pretty shitty in CGI department, and there was a huge huge drop off between the quality in the movies. And the quality in the shows and the quality of the movies was suffering as well. So uh, this is a good change for all of us. Just, I mean, I, I'm with Dex, what Dex said earlier, when Dex said, this movie didn't look particularly better than Thor 11 Thunder, but it didn't look, it didn't look worse either. It just, it was all about the same to me in terms of the quality of some of that stuff. Some of it really worked and some of it didn't. I didn't really love what they were doing with the uh, problem, the, 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 when he goes and sees a whole bunch of other Ant Man, I really like the way that was pretty looking. But there were parts of it that I thought looked really cool. So I thought it was a mixed bag in the way that it looked. But hopefully, we'll start to get the movies to look even better now that there'll be more time and focus on everything, and the shows can look better too. Sitting through the credits, there were so many fucking visual effects teams on this movie. There on were every like, single one of them, man. There were like eighteen different visual effects studios that had like hundreds of people listed on, underneath this, their like credits. This was nothing but green screen, bro. Like this whole <laughs> film takes place green screen and visual effects literally everywhere. Uh, you can kind of tell at some points, like they almost look like they're keyed in, kind of like Dex is. Right now, you and Dex with the blurred background, like you can kind of like <laughs> see the outline sometimes of it. Um, but the the like environments never bothered me. There were people on Twitter that were like, especially when the trailers come out, it was just like, oh, none of this looks actually real. And I tweeted at somebody because he was getting roasted, and I just said, "Man, if I were them, I would have gone. I would have actually gone to the." quantum realm Christopher <laughs> Nolan would have built a quantum realm in his garage and they would have shot everything there how dare them not make the pim particles and go to the actual <laughs> <realm>. <laughs> and like a lot of what people are talking about with it not looking real that's certainly just bokeh like that's just background blur like fucking portrait mode on your iphone like it looks the same <laughs> you know what i'm saying like yeah a, yeah, it doesn't look real. Okay, like that's just what cameras look like, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> no, I don't know. Like, I it, it we can continue to talk about the the scale problem or the, what were you calling it, uh, Tej? The um, stakes problem, rather. Mm -hmm. um, it, it just feels to me, Jonathan Majors took this role because one, like we said, he was awesome, uh, but he gets to play a thousand different characters which would be the only reason that a seasoned actor, not he's not even that old, he's like 32, that somebody as talented as him would take and sign their life away definitely to like five, six, seven films and TV series. And, and the money. Let's, let's not forget and about the, the bag. Hey, look, let's not forget he, about the bag. It, yeah, there's just come across several million reasons <laughs> that people would sign their life away to do this. <laughs> He just came across generational wealth. But this is the guy that like, was in Last Black Man in San Francisco. Like He was making these indie projects. And he just made magazine dreams. <laughs> yeah, these Which I want to see. Definitely. Um, which Sean Finnessy had a really interesting point. Uh, is he the most talented actor that is that ripped? He might be. 
because he could really he could he could like he has a he could really do drama like he can really do dramatic stuff and close up intimate stuff and some of this like the bars he's delivering in this movie the way that he's doing the intimate scenes the scenes down there with janet the way he's kind of you know his character is kind of he's acting one way towards janet until she touches the spaceship and realizes that he's kang and then like some some of the, the dramatic stuff that he's doing he's just a really good actor he could do that stuff and obviously he happens to be jack which helps when he's beating the shit out of ant-man it helps that he looks like a fucking boxer those are fucking nuts he's about to be in creed 3 he's a he's huge man he, he he's i mean michael b jordan gets fucking huge for those movies and he just walks on set and he's already the biggest dude on set he's gonna beat the shit out of michael b jordan i he's can't wait fucking bodybuilding movie. <laughs> all of your all of your kang Jeez. dilemma is gonna be settled when he uh cooks michael b jordan <laughs> that's fact if if he cooks michael b jordan then that does count as a body for Kang. I definitely agree with that. Yeah, we kill Monger the Beast. That counts. If he gets kill Monger the Beast, that's MCU canon. If he <laughs> destroys Killmonger, that's an MCU win right there. Facts. Somebody's already made that edit on TikTok. I saw it today, by the way. <laughs> um, no, so there's a reason he takes us several million dollars, like you said, in fact, but he also gets to play all of these characters. There's going to be one character that is going, like, we thought we didn't see Kang the Conqueror be that evil. It was just kind of told to us that, I mean, it's a couple of flashbacks. There's going to be one of these dudes that is just pure villainy. I need it. I need yeah, it so like, bad. In this one, he was like, I'm the good one. I'm the one that can help you. Like, you know, these these other ones, they're going to come to kill you. They're going to ruin, like, end your world. I've seen how this shit ends. I'm trying to protect y'all. I, you know now I'm we don't need here to help. any 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 of the silly ones with like the the costumes and things like that like i, yeah, I don't some of those some of those accents out. not rocking with I'm not some of those costumes looked movie. ridiculous and did not look scary in the slightest but obviously you, you gotta like do like eight billion of them one? i mean he looked ridiculous as the egyptian one to me and i think that's going to be an important one but the first thing i thought was if they try to backdoor and put uh jonathan majors in moon knight season two i'm it's still not beating the allegations i'm not watching i'm sorry i'm not i'm not going back to egypt with you i'm sorry look man i'm i'm a watch but <laughs> is he, i'm gonna be upset about it is he he's going to be he's like the movie star now right I mean, he's in a huge moment right now. As far but, as like after Creed comes out, I think after Creed comes out, as far as like young movie stars, that it's going to be like him and Florence Pugh. Who I'd love know, to see in a movie man. together, by the way. They need a movie I, I, I agree with Royden on this one. I, I I don't know. Dex seems to disagree, but I'm with Royden on this one. Did, it, did either of y'all see Devotion? I didn't. <laughs> I watched it on. I, mean, I, I heard he was on. good in it. I did not watch it. Because <laughs> that's what I'm th- like. That's the reason that I'm like, eh, I don't know. Because like Devotion came out and I feel like no one cared. Really. But didn't we say on this podcast that we don't view movie stars now as box office? We said that. Yeah, yeah, that some okay. of them, they're not all gonna. Obviously, that movie was. It looks like they were making it to make a lot of money, but I just think it's tough that Top Gun happened in the same year, and that movie saved. Yeah, so we money can't do two plane movies. We can't with. do two plane movies, guys. I'm I'm just sorry. We you and because you're not gonna make a better movie than Top Gun. That's the greatest yeah. movie of all time. And so, <laughs> unfortunately, you know, we were like, oh, I like Jonathan Majors, and we didn't go see it at the box office. That office. movie tanked, by the way. Picked an picked an incredible, like incredibly unlucky year. To have a Glenn Powell. Glenn Powell. Movie. 
any other year, this is the greatest Glenn Powell playing movie of all time. (laughs) (laughs) For one year. Not for nothing. That movie's just kind of fine. Like, it, it really isn't anything. It's on Paramount. You can watch it. It's like, it's a decent Monday night watch, but it's not like, if you read kind of the story, if you read the Wikipedia, you'll be kind of like, Ooh, do I want to watch that? And <laughs> yeah, so it, it, it's a good movie and it looks good, but, and Jonathan Majors is good. Glenn Powell is good in that movie, but it's like, it's kind of a nothing. Also, like, I don't, wit. I don't know if I can say that Jonathan Majors is going to be like the movie star when, you know, my boy, like Paul Mescal is out here. He's acted in like two things. He got an Emmy nom and an Oscar nom, like, you know, but like, Paul Mascal doesn't care about. He just like whisper talks and dates Phoebe Bridgers. Like he doesn't care about stuff. It seems like a good gig if you can get it. Like, Phoebe Bridges is is great. Although I so think they broke it up. It seems like a great gig. Although I think oh. they broke up. I think she's it. This is now romance, uh, celebrity romance corner with one take pod. I think she's dating Bo Burnham. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Okay, but yeah, I mean. You know, so you got like your Paul Mescal's of the world. I mean, fucking Austin Butler is about to win an Oscar right now. Uh, so. <laughs> please, bros. Please don't do this right now, bro. Please. Uh, ew, dude. You want to talk about that news? Please tell me. I don't want to be anti-Austin Butler. He seems like a nice guy. I, just, I got to separate my Elvis hate from Austin Butler because he did a good job. But I don't. I just, he's still Elvis. He's still he's doing still the thing. He's still Elvis to this day. <laughs> I just don't care about Elvis, bro. Austin Butler hasn't separated himself from the Elvis stuff. That's a good point. I mean, and I wouldn't either if it means I'm going to milk that shit to an Oscar run. I can't blame him. It's shameless, but I would do the same thing. So I can't blame the guy, but I he's got to be in something that I love for me to have my moment with him. And I haven't had my Austin Butler moment. I haven't had Dune that like, two. I love him. It's oh coming, God. baby. He's going to, I know he's going to be in Dune 2. Uh, I mean, I want Dune 2 to be good just like the rest of you. I'm just saying, I'm not as sure as some of you that Dune 2 is going to be good because Dune, Dune 1 is, is some huff. I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's uh, Brown Eternals. That's all it is, bros. And I, like, I the, only reason, the only reason that I'm sure Dune 2 is going to be good is because Florence Pugh is in it. And look, I mean, that's true. Florence Pugh does not miss. That's big facts. Yeah, Florence Pugh has never been bad. Hopefully Zendaya is actually in this one. <laughs> and that'll make it a better movie but anyway yeah we do we have any more ant-man thoughts before we move on to Oscar? what was the funniest parts for the movie for y'all the whole modoc of it all was really <laughs> really funny to me yeah the, i died like, in avengers maybe shit. i'm immature but i just i loved every second of modoc i'm sorry he was amazing I mean, with the hard cut of them pulling him butt ass naked out of that thing, and they're like, "Whoa!" Like, you know, like, like it was. I audibly like, like nobody knew that it was supposed to be a joke, and I was laughing hysterically in the theater. I think most people laughed at most of his bits, but like the whole introduction to him it was so goddamn ridiculous that yeah, I was little, sitting there like, like big head, baby butt thing, hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I love how they had every character kind of me- like realize who he was individually. So we got to have four Darren? moments of being like. Uh, Darren, what what <laughs> happened to you? <laughs> um, the that and the uh, you just drank me like drink the use thing was like that old that old bit that was good that was straight out of Rick and Morty man that was yes, just, facts 
That was the most Rick and Morty thing in the whole show. It was like, oh, this is the easiest way to tell that a Rick and Morty guy was help, was writing this film. He has seven holes, and he's just like, yeah, that's true. Paul Rudd's comedic <laughs> timing is still great. Yeah, Paul Rudd is very funny. Yeah, yeah, he's good. He's good at being Ant Man because Ant Man is just Paul Rudd. So it's like yeah. it's a layup for Paul Rudd to be Paul Rudd on a movie set. Yeah, but what I said when he has to do like the acting thing. You know what? One more thing that I have before we move on the the whole voiceover thing at the very end of the movie, the exposition dump that he has inside of his brain. That was weird. That was weird. I think they're trying I to show you that <laughs> Kang might not be dead. I think that thing is like, is Kang really dead? Because they don't really immediately know that Kang's show not him. Dead. They didn't really show. Well, well, I mean that Kang. Like, oh, is that, that Kang really dead? Obviously, the post-credit scene is a whole bunch of Kangs, but I think that they're leaving it open about whether this Kang actually died, uh, and maybe you know they're bringing he's that not. Kang back. He's he's not dead because that's <laughs> going to be the one that they come back, and that that is the big bad. Like he's the mean one. I will say, if that Kang comes back, it does eliminate some of these issues I have with the movie, just because we did see the story of that Kang, whose story is going to continue in the other movies. I would like if they brought that Kang back. Uh, I like the portrayal, of the, I like that portrayal of the character, and I would like if that Kang didn't get cooked by Ant Man, and we could rub that from his record. I would love that. Also, that yeah, they did need to do the thing where it wasn't like, oh wow, we with this whole thing, and then there's eating at Magianos like. Teed said it's like oh actually <laughs> shit is still bad probably like <laughs> um one one more thing michelle pfeiffer still got it yeah yeah <laughs> but nancy should have got cooked and no disrespect to michelle pfeiffer nancy should have been cooked. she didn't want she don't want to be there anymore yeah she don't want to be there anyway they should just cook if they had cooked michael douglas even though i love mike seeing michael douglas and stuff and cooked michelle pfeiffer i would have given it uh, a whole not a letter grade, but I would have probably went up a uh, half a letter grade. Just they could have they could have at least left Ant Man in the quantum realm. Like yeah, like you don't even have to kill Ant Man. Just leave him down there. We can get him back literally in the next movie. But he can just pop back up. Like it's fine. We don't care. But yeah. I should have left the movie theater been like Ant Man stuck down there. That the heat. Ant Man Kang is him. Kang what locked Ant Man in the quantum realm. Um. Yeah, that's uh. What's the next movie? What's what's next? Marvel Guardians Three. Guardians Three. No, right? Guardians Three. That's right. That's gonna be good. They are getting cooked. They are. You're you're waiting for people to get cooked. They're getting cooked, brother. I they are it. getting cooked. And they if are we could... so sick and tired of being in these movies, all of them, literally all of them, except I don't if know we if can cook them. I don't know if Chris Pratt is. I think he's all of them riding. except Chris Pratt are so tired. <laughs> I'm of sure Chris Pratt would be like, no, no, I'm still good, guys. I'm still here. Chris he, Pratt will fake being a soldier and be Star-Lord until he dies. Chris Pratt is the one who should die in this movie, but they might make everyone else die because they don't want to be in these movies anymore, including James Gunn. James Gunn is like, this is it. I'm out. I'm going to a whole I'm another superhero. <laughs> hold another I'm going superhero to company. the competition. James Gunn is the ops now. Like After this movie, James Gunn is officially the ops, bro. Y'all have one competitor. I'm going over there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised Disney could like y'all couldn't get this man a non-compete at all. Like nothing. <laughs> He's about to make some real cinema for that DC. To, he did that to him. They they he broached his contract with those weird tweets and they fired him. And then they were like, oh wait. Yep. Wait, no, come back. <laughs> I expect greatness from him. I expect Guardians 3 to be pretty great. And if we can attribute the bodies that we're about to catch and Guardians somehow to Kang, I would I would I would respect that. I would love that. He don't even gotta be, he don't even have to appear in the movie. Just be like, oh yeah, 
Kang sent us. Bow, everybody did. Then I'm like, cool. Kang got some real gunners on his side. Got some hitters on superheroes. Here. I need that. Rocket cooked. Uh, <laughs> Batista cooked. Gamora cooked. Like, again, Cook again, again. Because <laughs> Zoe Saldana is so fucking ready to be out of the MCU, bro. <laughs> she says that as she has signed her life away to 18 Avatar films. Yeah, I know Vin Diesel's was... <laughs> not tired. Vin Diesel's probably like, I don't know what you guys are so. What, why you guys are leaving? Why, yeah, I'm getting why checks. Y'all, why y'all yeah, now Vin Diesel is dead ass. Like, we can do a solo group movie. I'm with that. <laughs> <laughs> can I bring my friends? They're all in my other movie. <laughs> bring my family. Yeah, Bradley Cooper has been recording fucking rocket shit at his house for years and he's like oh yeah this like, easiest check now. Bradley Cooper gets I mean, he's like we let's keep making these movies guys I don't have to leave my house to make this shit <laughs> he doesn't even do the motion capture for that shit hell no he does that shit at his house it's James Gunn's brother passion <laughs> checks oh man oh uh one question I had them being able to get right back out of the quantum realm was really weird Nobody even realized they were gone, bro. They popped back up and people were like, no, Wait, well, were like Cassie like types in some coordinate uh, coordinates and they're like, oh, we have another door. Okay. Yeah, whatever. Cool, sure. <laughs> they um, didn't even miss a, miss a meal. They can't got back in time for dinner. <laughs> Dex, do you want to talk about the BAFTAs? I sure do. I haven't looked at this at all. Go ahead and lead us there. Yeah, I mean, I haven't really looked at the rest of the BAFTAs either because they don't really matter all that much for most of the awards. Um, I know Kay Blanchett won, which, you know, shout out. She's the first. Like probably run a good sign for her. She's come away with it, I think. Probably. Yeah, I, I think she's I think she's got it at this point. Um, but the big the big noteworthy thing from the BAFTAs, which is like the English acting awards, basically the English Oscars, is that Austin Butler won Best Actor over Colin Farrell who you know basically if this was politics this was a like a candidate for president losing the primary in their home state like uh fucking Austin Butler is Joe Biden right now and Colin Farrell is Bernie Sanders like this is this is getting a little nasty this is a Dewey Beach Truman moment yeah this is getting a little nasty like uh because Colin Farrell was still like you know we're hanging around we were like okay he's got a chance at it brendan fraser kind of on the fringes whatever austin butler in the mix too cool and then colin farrell fucking lost in his home territory in a movie that's a, that's about nasty. ireland the movie's about <laughs> ireland <laughs> like you could not picture a more perfect bafta win and banshees won a bunch of other awards like before they announced best actor so people were like oh the bastards just fucking love banshees like they're just gonna win everything and then no not colin farrell so today what is it february 19th 2023 you lock farrell colin farrell's dead dog like it's over i think that i think that's his ship i think it's done i think I'm not locking in Austin Butler yet. Brendan Fraser might have something to say about it, but like it's like 95% Austin Butler at this point. That just the makes old, me sad. The olds love Elvis. Elvis didn't even go overseas. I mean, in, in the <laughs> war he did, but like <laughs> touring, he never went. That was the whole point of that movie. But they, something about it, man. Like I don't, I don't know. 
Yeah, bathrooms are nasty for that decision. I don't even like banshees, and the bathrooms are nasty for them. Another Butler might got it. Sure, whatever. I have to read in your Elvis voice. That'll that'll be funny. We can please don't do that. Austin Butler, I'm begging you, literally begging you just to be Austin Butler on the stage. Uh, you're winning this award because of your work and not Elvis. Please don't be Elvis on the stage. Please, I'm begging you. Be from Anaheim, California, please. Also, Bill Bill Naive, also an English actor, he lost too. So that's just that Baptists are nasty, bro. That was dead on arrival. That that movie was never good. He was never gonna win anything for that for that role. But he's literally English. Like it's it's the English acting awards. Like that's no, it's just their film academy. Like, yeah, still, like, yeah, like, but they prefer English actors most of the time. I would imagine, yeah. Americans. So So do Americans. So both of them losing to Austin Butler. That's uh yeah, not a great tough sign. Look. <laughs> tough uh, look. I have to talk about my week in cinema. I've spent a lot of time in the movie theaters this week. Real quick, all quiet on the Western front, uh one best film actually, which is uh kind of interesting. Cool. Does it have a chance at the Oscar? I didn't I don't like the odds of it, but I haven't seen it yet. I, I see it next week. Uh I haven't seen it either. Um I loved it. Um it is a tough watch. I figured I it has a chance, but still extremely unlikely. I think it's everything everywhere all at once. Guys. Yeah, it's going to be very hard for everything everywhere all at once to lose. Like something would have to go wrong. Hey, that would make that would bring good good feels and, and joy abound. I would love that decision if they made it. There's a lot of talk on like podcasts that are a lot more elevated than ours. Uh, how this is actually a bad movie year. And I don't know where that came from. I don't agree. Except you, if, if you watch Elvis and you thought that was indicative of the year, then I would agree. But there's some real cinema in these Oscars. So yeah, that's there. That's a lot of like heady talk of why this is actually bad. And I just I don't know where that came from, and I will not accept that narrative. Thank you. I've they didn't see Top Gun. I've only seen eight out of the ten Best Picture nominees, and I thoroughly enjoyed seven of them. And the last one I thought was fine. So like, that's a already a banner year for the oscars and apparently all quiet on the western front banks so they might go eight for nine by the time i finish watching that i'm watching all quiet on the western front this week i have uh, women talking this week as well and i have triangle sadness next week so i'm tapping in and that'll be my nine of ten because obviously i have not watched avatar yeah man make sure you're sober when you watch all quiet on the western front and and that's there and then take substances because you'll need them after not during. You'll be very. Uh, you'll be in a bad way during. Substances will definitely help for Triangle of Sadness, though. So, uh, what was your week in cinema? You're seeing all the movies that uh, we pours in rural Texas don't get to see. Yeah, middle uh, America. I spent pretty much my whole week in movie theaters. I saw uh, Park Chan Wook's decision to leave uh, last weekend, which was easily one of the best movies I saw in 2022. Uh, incredible film is did not get nominated for any Oscars, which really shocked me after having watched the movie. It was beautiful. Uh, that's the same director who made Old Boy, but this movie is a lot less violent and a lot more introspective, I guess I would say. Incredible cinema. Uh, I also saw Titanic re released in theaters this week. Uh, unfortunately, it was only released in 3D. I didn't necessarily want to watch uh. Titanic in 3D, but uh, Titanic is still real cinema. You know, I am anti James Cameron because of the Avatar <laughs> agenda. However, Titanic is still real fucking cinema. It's still you great. Twenty five years later, that film into like the top five again. You know it, that, it, right? Yeah, it pushed past Avatar. It was greatness. We had to put Avatar back in its rightful place. That's fair. That um, I appreciate. That's fine. 
Uh, and Titanic is just still great, guys. And Leo is still really him. Like that is that is uh, an incredible Leo performance that I don't think got nearly the recognition it deserved because we didn't know that Leo was really him yet. But he's just great in the movie. He's just great. Yeah, um, way back when he was his current girlfriend's age. <laughs> oh, oh. oh, brother! Wow, he really set himself up for that one, Leo. It's it, that's your fault, brother. Um, I saw, of course, Ant Man this week. And then today I saw a movie called Close, which is a Belgian film that just came out, but I can guarantee you it's going to be an Oscar movie. It is beautiful. It's by a guy named Lucas Dant. Uh, the film's all in French. It's at least going to make noise for Best Foreign Picture. It is that good. There's this 15-year-old kid kind of who is the star of the movie. His name's Eden Dambride. And I shit you not, you got to see the... I can't tell whether the director did a better job or the actor did, but those two together were like Shaq and Kobe. Incredibly moving film, very beautiful story, very sad. I was a complete mess in the movie theater. The Oscars of 2022, 2023 haven't even happened yet, and we're already bringing new coverage of 2024 Oscar movies. I guarantee it's going to be making noise around that time. Go see Close. It's beautiful. Uh, And I'm going to see The Fablemans again on Monday, and then all the Oscar movies are named. We are back. Real cinema is really here. I love it. Uh, Real cinema hours are back. I gotta, I gotta get to all quiet and women talking this week, and then I'll be done. Is women talking. Oh, I gotta watch Tell Leslie. Not yet. It was just in theaters like last month. I'm not clicking on Tell Leslie. I'm still, I'm still very upset. I'm also upset, but I gotta, I gotta, I gotta watch. I, I have to at this I'm point. I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm not going to finish Blonde though. Sorry, like <laughs> I got like halfway through. I will never finish Blonde. <laughs> that will never be a movie that I attempt to finish. No, thank you. <laughs> I, I've never, I didn't, I never even hovered over Blonde on the on the flash page. You didn't miss anything. I turned it off about twenty five minutes, and I said, "You know what? This is for me." Thing. I got like literally halfway through the movie, and I was like, "I don't care what happens at this point. Like, it doesn't matter." That film is gross, bro. That everybody associated with Marilyn, with with that woman should be ashamed of that film and and like disgusted by it. That's a gross. That shit is gross. It's not good. I know we're a movie podcast, but I've been watching a lot of TV series. We uh we just blew through Sex Lives of College Girls on uh, HBO Max. Season one was dope as hell. I still haven't watched season two yet. I had to get so funny. It's so good. It's just like one of 18 Mindy Kaling projects, but like it's so good. It's a very, very good uh did y'all notice that they hate they put that they hate hated that Velma show so much that they renewed it for season two? Got a lot of eyes, I guess. I hate that that happens because it's like there was no there was no discussion about how bad the show was. Because everyone agreed immediately, this is the worst thing that we've ever seen. Yeah, there was no supporters of it. But it got a lot of eyes. But it got a lot of eyes, so they renewed it for season two, even though apparently it's awful. Apparently it's horrible. Yeah, I didn't get my eyes, so. I didn't I get care. my eyes. I was. <laughs> I saw the I saw the preview, and I said, this shit looks trash. I'm not in. I'm not in on that. As uh, soon as I saw that it was like an adult, like, animation, like, you know, that TVMA kind of shit, I was like, you know what? No thanks. <laughs> Don't need that. Weekly Rot Last of Us recap. Spire. More good. great cinema. More great cinema. I'm not going to lie to you, bro. I wasn't really feeling The Last of Us like that until this week. And now I'm like, I'm all in. Like, now I'm invested for sure. They were, they were doing some acting. You got yeah, invested. And also, like, in the earlier episodes of the show, it's like, I don't really 
like you're meeting new people and then they go away immediately. So I'm like, I don't, okay. So I just don't care about anyone. That's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I just don't care about anybody. Oh yeah. Okay. Everyone's just going to die. Fine. Whatever. But you know, now, oh, I shit the shook up. No, no spoilers for people who haven't watched episode five yet. But yeah, shit the shook up at this point. Did you did you play the game? I did play the game. I played both games and the DLC, uh, which is add on to the first game. I played all of them, so I, I was already I was a mark, and I'm just in, I'm in, I'm loving it, man. I'm well, loving it. You know, as somebody, we played the games, and it's like by this point in the in the games, you're expecting all of this action and stuff, and they've had a couple episodes where they they've turned up the notches on the action and things like that, but they just use these episodes as like deep character studies of these video game characters that we know and love. And I'm like, this is incredible. Like just an incredible turn to do that. You know what I mean? It is really, really, really interesting fil- or TV making. That's, that's where I'm at with it. Um, of course they have one of the most devastating episodes of television ever uh in episode three if you know you know but um did they though are you a heartless you heartless <laughs> son of a bitch i'm like it was it was cool it was good but like you have, I know those people what a, you like, tripping dex you tripping bro dead heart you tripping you know you're not feeling bro you, they, they're doing real cinema and real heart and real feeling bro. on screen bro. nick opperman going you were my purpose that didn't like get you no, <laughs> I'm old. I'm satisfied. That didn't get. Oh, come on. Man. It was cool. Like it was good. I'm not uh, saying it wasn't come good. Come on. The first thing you do is meet episode. his daughter. The daughter is so charming. Boom, she out of here. Like that's that, they've been doing such a great job, man. It's seeing what it was in the game, and then seeing how they were able to expound upon the universe and just make it a lot more intimate, a lot more you know drama driven as opposed to action driven. I just I'm, I love it. And getting the guy from Chernobyl to do that is just such a smart decision because Chernobyl was real cinema. It was very hard to watch. It was very sad. And it's clear to see that he can make these kind of stories where you kind of zoom in on these people in their everyday lives amongst all the chaos. He's just really good at doing that. And he's crushing it to me. Royden, did you say you haven't seen Chernobyl? No, I have seen. I was oh, just okay. if you, I'm saying if you haven't seen Chernobyl, what are you doing? That shit was Gotta so watch Chernobyl. Good. It's great. Holy it's like fuck. Legitimately one of the best mini series of all time. Anyway, we're uh we're going hundred out of a hundred on like every review server. <laughs> yeah. Uh th- Craig Mazin, the guy that wrote that, was writing like scary movie films. <laughs> he was writing like the third and fourth scary movie films, and then Crazy. now has like a first look deal with like HBO. So that's life comes at you fast. Speaking of scary movies, I watched all the screams last oh, week. Oh, you did do that. Uh yeah. Real so cinema, cool. bro. Yeah, I didn't think I was going to like them as much as I did. Uh, even the bad ones, three and four, I was still like, these are cool. Like, you know, a uh, little ridiculous at parts, but, you know, still cool. Scream 5, fucking real goddamn cinema. Jenna Ortega and that shit fucking, her. that shit bangs, bro. That shit bangs. Jenna Ortega is her. I'm so fucking excited for Scream 6 now. Like, the trailer looks kind of fucked. Like, I'm, I'm ready, dude. <laughs> Guys. You know what I'm ready for? Next week, Cocaine Bear. Hell yeah. I'm ready. I'm fucking ready. On this podcast, Cocaine Bear. That's all I got to say. Um, So do what you must to prepare for Cocaine Bear, but it's coming. 
All right. That has been a one take podcast. You can find us at one take pod, one take pod on Twitter, one take pod on Instagram, the like you can find us at less underscore humble teach. You can find us at Lord Dex Hinton. You can find me at Roy Nogletree. If you feel so inclined, uh, teach does two other podcasts except for this one. Cause he doesn't like us. Uh, <laughs> and doesn't care about furthering this product. That's fine. <laughs> Uh, you can find that at slander you and at underhooks pod. Um, did y'all record about the title fight? No, we haven't recorded in a while for underhooks. We've been doing so much slander you, but uh, we need to tap back in because this the UFC, the, the run the UFC is on right now, the next like four to five months of UFC is about to be mind blowingly good. So it's it's and it's perfect timing because now football is over. So it's really for me just a whole lot of basketball and a whole lot of UFC. I love this time of year. Giving uh, Dana White your dollars, gross. No, I don't. I don't pay Dana White respectfully. I, I, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna talk about it on the internet. But I don't give Dana White no money, bro. Me and Dana have an understanding. Um, I seek my, I, I seek solace elsewhere, bro. So let's just say that. Uh, you can find um, writing for Dex and sometimes for me, very rarely, but at ApolloHOU.com under the movies and uh, media section, I believe, pop culture section rather. Yeah, pop culture. Check us yeah. out. You have a written review for Ant Man up there right now. Um, so yeah, you can find us at those places. Dex, what are we doing? Hashtag support Florence Pugh. All right, Dune Two coming down the pipeline, as well as all the Oppenheimer, 18, Oppenheimer, all the eighteen thousand, the Thunderbolts stuff that's going to come down the, in like twenty twenty eight. So yeah, so and she ain't missed yet. Go check her out on the cover of Vanity Fair cover of Vogue. She out here. The agenda is winning.